This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I am Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joy Gupta. Let's address our next topic. A New Brunswick Municipal Council has declared a state of emergency, citing unprecedented rates of homelessness and the death of an unhoused resident. The declaration by the Municipal District of St. Stephen takes specific aim at the provincial government. It says the government has failed in its duties to house and care for the citizens of St. Stephen's. The declaration says there are roughly 70 homeless people in the town, and it calls on Premier Blaine Higgs to use part of the province's budgetary surplus to fund a solution. One last little piece of context here. The population of St. Stephen's is a little over 4,000. So just to give you some context, 70 people experiencing homelessness in a town of about 4,000 people. I'll let you sort of do the proportionary math as you please on that. Michelle, what strikes you about this topic? Lots of things struck me about this topic. the, the, the whole issue of declar- declaring a state of emergency is one I've always kind of circled around a little bit. And this is a, a use of that term and that approach that we're not really accustomed to seeing. We, we often hear about states of emergency being invoked when there's drinking water crises. We've seen it invoked in First Nations communities when mental health crises seem to be r- ratcheting up a few notches, like when there's been a, a rash of, of suicides or something like that in a community. Um, but usually we think of states of emergency as being tied to something very concrete, like a, like a hurricane or, or a flood or something like that. Um, or, or something like a boil water advisory. Um, this is a different sort of approach, uh, and it it itself is an interesting approach and strategy to invoke in a case like this, especially given the fact that proportionally we're not talking about a huge number of people, but there's an argument to be made that there's a, there should be a zero tolerance for for homelessness, and this community is trying to get on top of that. So I'd love to hear the panel's group thoughts on that. Uh, but there's also issues of who is accountable for homelessness, uh, who really is the one responsible for trying to limit that situation to whatever degree possible. And a whole other sub-thread, if we want to go there, is the the response that's come from the province on this has been outright dismissive. A cabinet minister came back and said, I intend to write back to the mayor and remind him of what a definition of a state of emergency is. Um, so that kind of circles back to questions of accountability. Is There seems to be a, a, a very dismissive attitude to some of the concerns that are being raised, but also questions about whether that is the right forum through which to raise them. So let's get to that first thread, the idea of declaring a state of emergency. By the way, you don't need to go that far down the road from Toronto to see a different city that tried this approach earlier this year. Hamilton, Ontario did it. So there have been a few municipalities who've said, hey, we have a people experiencing homelessness issue and we're going to declare it a state of emergency because we want the province to address this and we want resources to address this specifically. That said, Michelle, reading between the lines of your opening thought there, I do think we've cheapened the notion of state of emergency. I think that there probably is a better phrasing or there should be a better mechanism, but Joita, sometimes declaring a state of emergency is all a municipality has at their fingertips. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yes, of course, you can declare a state of emergency for a flood or a forest fire or what have you contaminated water. But um, yeah, I think sometimes it's the only tool that a municipality has at its disposal, the only way to leverage more resources on a, on the problem of homelessness. So if you think about a population of 4,000 and 70 people are homeless, um, that's about uh, 2% of the population, give or take. I'm just doing some quick mental math here. And um, I think the other piece to, to think through here is, was the town of St. Stephen actually equipped with a homeless shelter? And I am given to understand that they did not have a homeless shelter ready to go, uh, that there's been some wrangling about finding a space and whether that was suitable for a homeless shelter. So it's not just about the numbers of homeless people, but also thinking about whether the municipality in question had at its disposal the short-term solutions and resources that are needed to deal with an underhoused or unhoused population. And if they don't, especially with winter around the corner, then yes, there is a degree of seriousness that encroaches into the question. Um, could you make the argument that they're using the emergency measures, uh, declaring a state of emergency uh, too, too, just too often? Maybe, but at the same time, I don't know if we have enough conversations nationally about when we talk about homelessness and we talk about housing. I don't know if we have enough conversations about the realities of being homeless or underhoused in rural communities or even in small towns, because the Torontos and the Vancouver's and the Ottawa's of the world are very different from a place like St. Stephen. And I don't know if the St. Stephen's of this country are getting on the map in terms of the national conversation about housing and homelessness. Well, I think that's a great it. point there. People think yeah. about homelessness as an issue that only impacts cities and it doesn't. And the proportionality I think matters here, right? Even if I'm going to say that if everything is a state of emergency, then nothing is a state of emergency, not to overly rely on a cliche. That said, there are probably 5,000 people who live on my block here in Toronto, right? Like, if you like, if you take my walk to work, I probably walk by about the residencing of 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. If I encountered 70 people experiencing homelessness on my walk in the morning, I would be horrified. And I would call that emergen an emergency, Michelle. Yeah, that, that's extremely fair. And Joanna raises such a good point is that so much of the homelessness and even housing conversation around uh, nationwide does seem to center on urban centers. There is a very strong urban-rural divide. We've talked about that, how that manifests in so many different ways on this panel, but I think that's a really important one is that these are, St. Stephen is not rural, but it is a smaller community. It's definitely a smaller municipality than the ones where most of these conversations are centered. And you're right. I think the proportion is, is interesting when you put it in that context, Dave, but like I said earlier, I think there are some governments that would argue that you ought to be striving for zero as a homelessness target and proportionality or not having 70 people unhoused and, and one person dying at least one person dying with more expected as the weather cools down is something that needs to be addressed right away so i i can I, I can understand where they're coming from but i also kind of agree with you dave that a lot of the issue boils down to what tools municipalities have at their disposal uh we know i could geek out about municipal affairs indefinitely so i won't um but it does come back to some of the questions that we've raised on this panel before of how much power should municipalities have in many cases they are uh, beholden to the provinces where they are based and i think that's a lot of what we're seeing here is is not only genuine interest in tackling the homelessness issue but a bit of a pushback in the fact that the hands are tied on a number of core issues that directly impact their existence 
Well, well, that the jurisdictional side of it is important, especially because the province's response yeah. was, oh, only one person died. Someone dies in a car crash every day. We don't have a driving crisis in this country. Uh, so and yes, that is literally what the minister said. That is yes. quite literally, <laughs> quote for quote, what the minister said. And that, but it matters. In the majority of the country, municipalities are at the mercy of provinces. Provinces essentially run municipalities, for the most part. There are a couple exceptions here and there, but for the most part, provinces have jurisdiction over the city. Which, to me, Joita, does beg the very reasonable question of who actually is responsible for addressing the homelessness issue. Because you can kick down responsibility to the city all you want or the municipality mm. all you want, but if you don't give them resources, it's kind mm. of on you. Now, that said, here, here's Dave uh, putting his ear up like Hulk Hogan, waiting for the crowd to cheer. All levels of government are responsible for this. Every <laughs> single politician yeah. in the country is responsible for this, but if you're making me pinpoint it's the province yeah i think you've nailed it i i think it's every level of government but especially the province especially when the province might be running a surplus and then you've got a, the town of saint Stephen saying hang on we've got 70 homeless people and someone's just died and we don't have a shelter um and i think uh, that's the other piece where the province becomes really vital to this conversation um uh, partly one of the things the benefits of, of having an emergency are declared is you can say to the province when well, you've got the surplus give us more money so we can deal with this problem in a satisfactory fashion but you can also say look we um I, I believe part of the conversation here was also about the back and forth about a shelter space um and that the province actually needs to sign off on a space for a new shelter and the province has not yet done so. So it's not just about handing over money, but also recognizing that if you look at a lot of the zoning requirements and uh, how you get permits and 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 who sign and approvals for things like shelters and by no means are shelters the solution to housing, they're a stopgap. But mm -hmm. even there you need uh, the province to buy in and the province to work rapidly to establish the permissions and the zoning and the other requirements before you can get shovels in the ground and uh, and put that shelter in place. So I think there is a very close relationship between the province and municipality uh, across Canada. It's a well-established fact, and it's really disheartening to hear some of the, the truly dismissive uh, uh, response from the province. And, you know, just from a media standpoint, you got to wonder who was giving them advice on the PR file there, because, you know, what could have been a small story <laughs> became a really big story because of the province's re response and the lack of compassion uh, that came across. And, you know, it's it's um, it's also worth noting that homelessness costs a lot more money than housing first solutions. Like if you actually think about the the cost that that the province might incur in dealing with homeless people, whether it's people ending up in hospitals, whether it's people ending up in prisons, whether it's people ending up in other mm -hmm. places because mm -hmm. they don't have yeah. a place to go, the province does end up paying for those things. And there's a lot of research that says that if you just build the housing, even if you just build a shelter, it's actually cheaper and better for the province to do that. Uh, with the municipality's cooperation, of course, than to rely on things like jails and prisons and, and hospitals as a way for people to actually have a roof over their head. And when winter comes around the corner, it really changes our conversation here in Canada because it can be punishing in many parts of the country yeah. to not have 
a place oh, to stay. The vast majority, like the, the vast majority of the country, like there, there's pretty much nowhere to hide because even the warmer places are still quite cold and very precipitation heavy. Uh, one more piece of context here before I give you last word, Michelle. You are right. I said the word rural before. I shouldn't have said rural. Uh, the town of St. Stephen is about 90 minutes south of Fredericton. So it might be small, but it's not exactly remote. It's not some remote community. And remembering that Fredericton is the provincial capital of New Brunswick, you know, it's mm -hmm. almost like in, in Toronto terms, that's pretty much a suburb of Fredericton. It's basically uh, Mississauga. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but in but in you know New Brunswick terms, it is a little bit different. It's a little bit if there's there's quite a bit of green space between Fredericton and St. Stephen. But Michelle, it all begs it all begs that question about jurisdiction and responsibility. Listen, it like it's the pro like fundamentally it's the province, but really it's everybody. Yeah, agreed. But I, I land largely where you and Joey to do in terms of the province's being the, the the primary leader on this. I won't rehash what you said, but I will just add to Joita's really excellent point about the knock-on effects of not addressing homelessness. All those areas that she mentioned that are affected by this, jails, um, not federal prison so much, but jails for sure, hospitals for sure, all those also fall under provincial jurisdiction. So it really is all shockingly tidy in terms of how it plays out. All of these things have direct impact on the province. They all fall within that jurisdiction. We absolutely need buy-in from all concerned municipalities when they are given the proper tools to address things need to take that kind of action and actually use those tools. But I ultimately agree with you that the province is the place where the buck ultimately yeah. will have to stop. Fundamentally. All right. Thank you for yeah. bringing this topic to the table. Michelle, coming up after the break, lightening the mood a smidge, I hope, maybe. Taylor Swift has been named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. What do you think? Is there anyone who you think is more deserving of this title? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.